Welcome in to another episode of the Bet the Nerds Fantasy Show. We're here on Friday, October 23rd, recording a little out of schedule. That's okay. We have a lot more news this way as well, so that'll be good for you guys. We're going to have the um, Week 7 matchups on Sunday and Monday on this show. Week 7, buy or sell. We have some uh, really interesting topics we'll get into with that. And then we have our start of the week's per usual. Let's get right into the news, though. The Ravens traded for defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, and he's been moved around a few times this season already. He was with the Jaguars. He was really disgruntled with them. And then he went to the Vikings. Um, the Vikings traded for him? Yeah. Okay, was- so so he's been yeah. traded twice already this year. Um, and now the Vikings, are they've lost Ngakwe, and da- Danielle Hunter is out for the rest of the season. So they're just getting worse and worse on the defensive side. Um, I, I just think, I mean, I think we've seen over this past season that you play against Minnesota, you play your options against Minnesota and this Ravens defense now has both Ngakwe and Clias Campbell, who are two defensive linemen on the, that stout Jaguars 2017 defense. So the Ravens defense just keeps getting stronger. The Ravens also added Des Bryant. Do you think this has any fantasy implications? I know he's just added to the practice squad, but what do you think about it? Yeah, we'll see. As long as he's on the practice squad, there's no implications. If he gets promoted, maybe. But they seem to, like, obviously Hollywood Brown is getting his air yards, for some reason not getting actual yards. Uh, and then Devin Duvernay is involved. They still have, like, Miles Boykin, I think. And it's still a very run-heavy offense. So if Bryant ever gets promoted, it might just be a slight downgrade to the other receiving options. But you're never, ever going to play Des Bryant in fantasy. So we've played this game on the show before, Will. But just really quickly, I want you to tell me how old you think Des Bryant is. Oh, wow. Uh, I would guess like 29 and 30, but I'll go 29. He's 31. Okay. So I, I thought he was much older, but uh, okay. did me asking you that question change like your perspective of it? Because it was going to be different than what you originally thought. Yeah. I mean, like my, my original thought was probably like 30 or 31 actually. Uh-huh. And I, was gonna, I went a little younger because I was like, well, maybe he's actually not that young because, like, I don't know, Tony Romo's kind of recent. He played with Dak. I don't know. but Yeah, but for a guy who was so talented in his prime, I felt like it lasted longer than it actually did. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Another wide receiver that has some controversy around him. Teams are looking into Antonio Brown. I know I added him in one league that I had an open spot in because I was rostering three quarterbacks. Um, but I think the Seahawks were one team that was named in uh, having – interest in Antonio Brown. Um, If he were to go there, I don't know how much of an option in fantasy he would be. He'd probably be the third option there. But definitely a speculative ad. I think he should be added in all leagues. Jarvis Landry is dealing with a broken rib that he suffered last week. He is saying that he has played through broken ribs in the past, and I think he will play through this one as well. Just complete warrior, but I wouldn't play Jarvis Landry. I mean, I've been completely off Jarvis Landry this entire season, and this is this isn't like a reason why, obviously, this just happened, but I don't think I would play Jarvis Landry. Uh, yes. Zach, yeah, or, yeah, go on. This, this Browns passing offense is just, it's so inconsistent where one week the run game's going, Baker has it going, gets like, I don't know, 200 yards, a couple touchdowns, and then all of a sudden they, they go against Pittsburgh and they just completely shit the bed. Yeah. Like, it was a horrifying performance, and that's why – Trusting these options, even Odell Beckham Jr. is a great player, is so risky and, and, in my opinion, isn't worth it because these kinds of games happen where the entire passing offense just does nothing. Yeah. Like, it's a run-heavy team, and when they get behind, 
things can just spiral out of control. And it's kind of the same thing with the Colts too. Like when they when the Colts get behind, it's tough for them to come back. I know they came back against uh in the last, Yeah. But in general, like it's it's tough for them to come back because they're such they're so focused on the ground. And same thing with Brown's offense. So I don't even trust Odell, but certainly not going to trust the second option, Jarvis Landry. Landry might not even – well, now that Austin Hooper's out, Landry's probably the second option, but Landry was maybe the third or fourth look on this team with Hooper and Kareem Hunt. Um, Zach Ertz was placed on the IR, and Dallas Goddard is also on the IR. He's supposed to come back week 10. Richard Rodgers had six catches for 85 yards last night. That's definitely a guy who will be on our show on Tuesday as one of your cops to add. Um, you know, Carson Wentz just likes to target the tight end position. And I hate to say it, but Richard Rodgers might look better than Zach Ertz. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how uh, if I'd go there, but Zach Ertz was not looking good. And Carson Wentz, for all the hate that he's getting right now, um, he's throwing the lawn chairs and deck furniture, and he's kind of making it work. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't like I don't like trusting – Richard Rodgers, and I don't think most teams will have to, but the tight end position is really, really scarce right now. So if you have a guy that's getting targets like that, he's worth adding for sure. Yeah, Carson Wentz, 57 fantasy points the last two matchups. I've talked about his schedule over the past, I don't know, for the next 10 weeks. He's going to win people championships. I'm, I, I promise you guys that. Um, I'm really trying to trade for him in leagues. I think I might still be able to get him, but that's the guy who I want on my team with that schedule. Uh, the Raiders, Trent Brown tested positive for COVID-19. And in a corresponding move, the Seahawks Cardinals game was moved to Sunday night and the Raiders Buccaneers game was moved to Sunday afternoon. So there's more flexibility with that game in case it gets canceled. Um, all I would say is put those players in your flex spot. And I know some leagues are doing the method where you can declare a backup prior to them playing their game. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, Michael Thomas is deemed a long shot to play this weekend. Um, he came up with a hamstring injury along with the injury. What was his prior injury already? I High think ankle was, sprain? I think it was an ankle, yeah. So he has two injuries now, and he's probably not going to play on Sunday. So just prepare for that. Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders have looked like good options when Michael Thomas is out of the lineup. And I think against the Carolina Panthers defense, Sanders is definitely in play. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, Sanders, he's in play. Um, I will say this Panthers defense has been surpassing everyone's expectations. And I don't. I think it would be a very run-heavy game script for the, the Saints in this matchup. I think it would be a lower scoring game than most people expect. But the volume would have to be there for Sanders. And he looked great in the last game that Michael Thomas is out. And then quickly getting back to the Raiders, I know that there's speculation that the game might ha- not happen. But even if it does happen – all five starting offensive linemen are currently on the COVID list for the Raiders. And if they're – it's possible they're, they're all going to miss the game and the game still is going to happen. And if that's the case, this could get really ugly for the Raiders in this matchup. Uh, the, the Buccaneers already have a great run defense and a great pass rush. And so without those five guys, it would be a really hard matchup. It's also possible, though – that all five guys can get cleared before the game, like on. Well, Sunday. Trent Brown cannot because he tested positive, so they're at least down him. Okay, okay. Trent Brown can't, but it's possible that the other guys can all get like uh, cleared on Sunday morning before the game. That's the earliest they can get cleared. So make sure that 
you're really following that news on Sunday morning about these COVID tests for Raiders because that's going to make a huge deal in how this game's going to play out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this Buccaneers defense has been good against the run this entire season and last season. So without your five or four best offensive linemen, it's going to be tough sledding for Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr for sure. Um, Joe Mixon is out. This was new news to me this morning. I was not able to get Giovanni Bernard in any of my lineups, but he's definitely going to be a start this week uh, with Mixon out. He'll get the full or most of the workload. Uh, Aaron Jones is going to be a game time decision. Uh, He came up with a mild calf strain in practice on Thursday and Jamal Williams has looked better over the past few games. If Jones were to miss any times, any time, I think Williams would get the first look and AJ Dillon would get worked in as well. Um, What do you think about that situation? Yeah, I I slightly disagree. Williams might get the first look, but everything that I've ever seen out of Jamal Williams says that he's not a good running back except for in pass protection. So I think that if they're going to actually run the ball with someone besides Aaron Jones, it's going to be A.J. Dillon all day. And I think that they're probably going to have Williams in there on passing downs. They might give him a couple draws at the middle, but he's really just not effective when he gets like designed running carries. So if, if Jones is going to miss time, and even if he doesn't miss time, like the fact that he's dealing with injury, A.J. Dillon is kind of a priority add right now. Like he, he might have a ton of value, especially if Jones misses time. Yeah. Last, I think we already mentioned Austin Hooper will be out when we talked about Jarvis Landry, but right. he's been looked five catches for the past three weeks. He's been a consistent tight end option, and you're going to have to look elsewhere this week. So let's get into some buy or sell. Terry McLaurin, it's week seven. It's week seven, so we're doing 77 yards or more. Does right. Terry McLaurin surpass that 77-yard mark against the Dallas Cowboys this week? I think he's a lock to do that. Um, 74 yards last week in a tougher matchup against James Bradbury. This is a much easier matchup. I'm also going to agree with you that he will surpass that mark. Yeah, we'll, we'll get more into McLaurin later in the actual uh, game breakdown of that game. But this Cowboys secondary and the defense as a whole is just abysmal. And uh, McLaurin's like the focal point of this offense. Uh, even if like even if they don't score a lot of points, he's always involved. And especially because I think they're going to score a pretty good amount of points. If he gets a touchdown, he might be a top three receiver this week. For sure. And McLaurin is due for a touchdown. I know I subscribe to that process that if they haven't scored in a while, they're going to score eventually. He only has one on the season. Um, James Robinson, 77 or more yards from scrimmage, rushing and receiving. So last week, he didn't come close to that. He's come, He surpassed that in weeks past. But a matchup against the Chargers, right, I think that – this could be the time for James Robin James Robinson to surpass that mark, but I think it's a good mark, 77 yards. What do you think about that? I would go with the over. I think he def I think he definitely gets under 77 rushing yards, maybe. Um, but this Chargers defense, for all its strengths, they're like they have a decent pass rush, a pretty solid secondary, but they're they've been kind of weak against the run. And the Jaguars, when they have success, their offense is going through Robinson especially in the passing game, which has been uh, a real strength of his throughout this entire season. He's getting like, all the carries. So if the Jaguars are going to be competitive, it's going to be through Robinson. The only concern would be if the Chargers get out to a fast start, an early lead, if they just start throwing to receivers, Minshew just kind of ignores Robinson. That's a possibility. But this feels like a get-right game for Robinson, even if the Jaguars aren't going to win. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to take the over on that as well. The Chargers have been bleeding points to or bleeding yards to running backs. Um, let's get into the matchups. First one, Lions at Falcons. Falcons are 2.5. I don't understand how the Falcons are favored in this game. The Lions are a more quality team than the Falcons, but they're two and a half point favorites, 55 and a half point over under, huge over under. Um, let's start on the Falcons side because we have some, we have a bunch of surprises on the Lions side for later. Falcons side, a lot of good options here. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley set to go. Matt Ryan's also a lock in this game. He's going to be a top, probably top seven quarterback play for me on this week. Um, so yeah, Ryan, Ridley, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley's also a lock. Outside of those options, where are we looking for this Atlanta side? Hayden Hurst, Russell Gage, what do you think? Hayden Hurst is viable just because the position is, is weak and he's probably a top top 10 option. Um, but he's not like, I don't think this is a, a great matchup for him. And you're not starting Russell Gage. Um, but I will say this this could be a, a somewhat of a trap game. This Lions defense is a lot better than people give it credit for. Uh, they, they really did lock down the Jaguars last week, and they've been successful against the Cardinals as well. They were good against the Saints for a little bit before everything kind of fell apart in that game. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. I think it's, this game should be pretty high scoring, and I think you can trust a lot of the, the skill position options on both sides. But look out for maybe Matt Ryan to underwhelm a little bit, especially if he turns it over a couple times against an opportunistic Lions defense. And the Falcons have so many options. So I think they'll be able to stay in that game with their offense. And even their defense looked a little bit more motivated this past week against um, Minnesota now that Dan Quinn's out. Let's move on to the Lions side of the ball. Matt Stafford is going to be a top five play this week. I think this is finally the week where we see Matt Stafford, you know, have one of his uh, traditional 300 yards, three touchdown games. And um, But let's get into his options that he's going to throw to because – I have Kenny Galladay as my start of the week. I was going to make it last week when they had an opportunistic matchup against Jacksonville, but I waited till this week. He gets the Falcons, and fantasy options go off against the Falcons secondary. So I think Kenny Galladay, he's, gonna, he, he's always getting red zone targets. He's going to get five or six catches, maybe surpass that 100-yard mark because of how many yards he gets per catch, and he's going to have that opportunity to score a touchdown. I love Kenny Galladay this week for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I, I I love everyone on this Lions side. I think I think they're gonna win this game. I don't like the I don't like the two and a half going to Atlanta. That's something that if I was a betting man, I would probably go for. But I will say, uh, last week, I was I was considering making DeAndre Swift or Adrian Peterson a start of the week. And the reason I didn't was because I didn't know which one was gonna get the touches. But last week they're coming off a bye, and they really were trying to get DeAndre Swift involved, and he looked fantastic. He was involved in the running game a lot, in the passing game as well. So I think regardless of how this game script goes, whether the Lions are winning by a lot, whether it's a close game, whether they're trailing, Swift is going to be involved. And he's looking like a, a locked-in RB2 week in, week out, which is something that Swift owners should be really excited about. So I love him this week. He's my start of the week. It's kind of weird because Swift's at this point for his owners where they don't want to trade him, right? There's no way you can buy low on Swift anymore. Uh, right. You had to do it before the bye week or during the bye week. And now owners are kind of overvaluing him. I was, or I don't know if it's overvaluing him, but they're, they're not trading him. They want to see what they have in Swift to continue. Like I was trying to trade for Swift this week. I offered Ronald Jones, who's been amazing this oh. year. Um, not straight up, but he was in the deal. And the guy was like, no, I want Swift. I think they're in the same playing field and I like Swift's upside. So it's just, 
crazy to see how this value has skyrocketed with a young rookie in DeAndre Swift um, in this Lions team. Marvin Jones, do you think Marvin Jones is in play? I, I wouldn't trust it. I think he could be a, a cheap DFS option um, just because of the matchup. But he's not looked good in recent weeks. And it seems like the the passing game is pretty consolidated between guys like Galladay, Hawkinson, um, and even Swift. So I don't I don't love Marvin Jones, but he's he has a decent touchdown upside, so definitely potentially worth a flyer. And Will and I did not want to have three Lions starts of the week, but TJ Hawkinson is a great start this week. Right. Um, let's move on. Browns at Bengals. Browns are three-point favorites. It's a 50.5 over under. Baker Mayfield was dealing with rib problems as well, but I think he'll be good to go. On the Browns side, apart from – Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham. Is there anybody you're excited to start in this game? I don't think so. Um, I think it's going to be the, the target share and the overall volume. is going to be very consolidated between those two guys. And I saw something about like the Baker Mayfield cycle where he, like he struggles and then uh, gets roasted by the media, claps back at the media. Or, no, sorry, he goes Films off. a commercial. Yeah, well, <laughs> but he goes off, uh, goes off on the media, gets criticized by the media, um, has a bad game, feels like an underdog, has a great game, and then it, the cycle starts anew. Ah, so, yes. So, all this is to say, they got blown out by the Steelers. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield was a little bit sassy. Yeah. Uh, he's feeling like an under. He's 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 an underdog now. Uh, not literally because they're three-point favorites, but he's feeling like it. So maybe this is the continuation of the cycle. Maybe this is a big Browns game. Yeah, um, you're not going to start Baker Mayfield, but I personally, even like beyond the, the cycle, because that's it's very arbitrary. This feels like a game the the Browns should dominate throughout. Um, their defensive line, led by Miles Garrett, is just it, it should overpower this Bengals offense and make Joe Burrow uncomfortable. So. Uh, I like I like especially Cream Hunt because I think it's gonna be a very run heavy game script and whoever the backup running back could be, uh, it might be Dearness Johnson for this game. I think he is viable in DFS. I don't think he's gonna get the volume for for season long, but I really like some of these Browns uh, rushing options. Okay, let's get into the Bengals because I have a few questions for you about the Bengals side of the ball. I'm a little cautious. I know the Bengals put up a lot of points against the Brown. Browns earlier this year and Burrow put up a lot of yards and touchdowns but you mentioned that Browns defensive line and how good it is getting pressure on the Bengals and that bit that like weak Bengals offensive line I like all the options on paper but it kind of I'm scared that Burrow might get pressured like quickly um early on in this game so I do trust Burrow I I think I'm playing Burrow in a few DFS lineups and I have stacked him with T Higgins but before we get into the wide receivers, are you confident in Burrow as a play this week? Uh, I'm not confident, but it's not because of him, obviously. I think he's a fantastic player. But this Browns defense, outside of last week, because last week was a miserable game against Pittsburgh, but they were they looked like dominant against the Colts. Um, and they've had some, some pretty good games in the last few weeks. And it seems like their defense, they were, they were not very healthy in that week or in the, against the Bengals in that matchup. They're much healthier now. And it just feels like a game that is just going to get out of hand early. It could be sloppy, low scoring too. So 
just I, I think the slow pace, the risk of like just bro getting beat up makes me not trust these options, but definitely they're they're viable. Yeah, so then let's get into the wide receiver core because something switched in Cincinnati last week. They realized that A.J. Green couldn't run these deep routes anymore, and uh, T. Higgins became the down-the-field option. So usually, and, and T. Higgins was six, six catches for 125 yards last week, had a great week. Usually, that's much better. That's an uptick for Higgins. But this game scares me because he's going to see Denzel Ward, most likely, and with that pass rush, I don't know if Burrow's going to be able to get that ball downfield. I do have that that Burrow-Higgins stack, and I, I'm not as scared about playing Higgins as I, as I am Burrow just because Higgins has had, you know, eight, nine targets in the past four weeks. I think that he's the number one option on this team on the outside. So I think he's pretty safe. I think he has touchdown upside. Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green, they look like – I think Boyd looks like a great play. I think Green is viable as well if you believe that this game script goes as according to how Vegas says it will. Um, but the Bengals will have to keep up by passing the ball. And Joe Mixon's out. So Right, and, and, and Giovanni Bernard, uh, while not a great player – and he, he could be startable, I think, in this matchup, but he's mostly involved in a passing game. That's his, his, his typical role. So the the thing that gives me more comfort with playing Burrow is that the volume should be there. Like, even if he throws two interceptions and gets sacked, like, six times, like, he should be throwing 40 to 50 passes for, like, 300 yards and hopefully a couple of touchdowns. So I think despite the bad matchup, there there is some safety in the volume but I think there definitely is a capped upside. Yeah, but are you are you safe? Do you feel safe playing Higgins and Boyd? And I and I don't know about AJ Green, but how do you feel about the receivers? I yeah, I feel safer about Burrow actually, just because the volume. Hmm. I don't know where the passes are necessarily going to go. My my guess would be most uh, the the safest receiver option would be Boyd, just because he's very consistent and he should get open across the middle and should have a pretty favorable matchup against. I think it's Tremont Williams is their their slot corner. The, the matchup against Denzel Ward for Higgins scares me. Um, Ward is slightly undersized, so Higgins could get some jump ball opportunities. But um, a lot of unknowns in, this, in these matchups. I'll have to study it more, I think, as we get closer to the, the actual Sunday game. But um, I definitely don't trust A.J. Green. I would never play him in this matchup. Yeah. Um, Steelers at Titans. This is a battle of two undefeated teams. Great matchup. Um, yeah, this is going to be a great matchup. Titans are one-point favorites, 50.5 over-under. Will and I both think that it's going to hit the over. Steelers lost Devin Bush to an ACL tear last week. Very devastating injury, but I think these defenses, or at least the Steelers' defense, will not be as strong as it has been in past weeks. Titans' defense hasn't really been strong at all this year. Um, But let's start on the Titans' side of the ball. Derrick Henry's a must-start every week. Um, Just wait, some breaking news really quickly. The Saints are placing Emmanuel Sanders on the COVID reserve list. So Sanders and Thomas are both going to be out for that game. Um, Traquan Smith time. Traquan Smith, but also keep an eye on that Saints-Panthers game in just completely if, if some of the options just won't get to play at all, if they cancel that game, if an outbreak happens. But yeah, Traquan Smith should be started. Jared Cook, maybe two. We'll get to that game later. But let's get back here. Um, Derrick Henry's a must-start for the Titans. AJ Brown mispracticed Thursday, but practiced today. I think you got to play him coming off those past two weeks. Uh, yeah. You know, over 20 points in fantasy in PPR the past two weeks. He's looked great. Um, Corey Davis has returned from COVID list. The Titans are getting healthy on the at the wide receiver position. Outside of AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, you can you trust Johnny Smith 
And let's get into Ryan Tannehill as well. Um, if Devin Bush was playing, I probably wouldn't necessarily trust Johnny Smith. He has a slightly better matchup now. The question is, is how much of Minka Fitzpatrick is he, he going to see? Because Johnny Smith, a lot of his production, and same with A.J. Brown, comes across the middle of the field. And that's kind of the territory of Minka Fitzpatrick. So really, it's, it's a big game script kind of game. Because if Derrick Henry isn't successful on the ground, the play-action game is not going to get going, and Minka Fitzpatrick is going to dominate. So while I think this game is going to hit the over and, and should be pretty high scoring, if this running game can't get going for Tennessee, they could have a very underwhelming day on offense. But assuming Derrick Henry is great, and Mink Fitzpatrick can't just roam around the middle of the field doing what he wants to do, I, I do like John Smith, especially in a, in a week where there are not very many good tight end options. So, yeah, and he, he had a mild sprained ankle last week, but um, he's good to go this week. He practiced in full today. Um, Tannehill has been a great quarterback. You know, I, I think I highlighted his stats – um, earlier this week, 35 touchdowns to six picks in the last 17 games for Ryan Tannehill as Titan. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like this matchup for him. Yeah, it's a tough matchup. It's at home. Um, are you looking for better options, most likely? Yeah, I think there's a decent chance he can throw for a couple touchdowns, but I expect this to be a very Derrick Henry-heavy game. Um, I know the Steelers are, are very good against the run, but uh, Derrick Henry doesn't really care how good you are against the run. He kind of just bullies you anyway yeah all right let's go to the Steelers side of the ball um Ben Roethlisberger is a decent play um because I think this Titans defense has been bleeding fantasy points especially in the secondary yeah and then Chase Claypool looks like he's the number one option on this team I think you can play Chase Claypool I think you can play Deontay Johnson if he's healthy yeah Chase Claypool is a locked in starter every week at this point yeah otherwise he's involved in the running game obviously in the past game heavily in the red zone because of his, his size. He, he's an absolute must-start right now. Um, Big Ben, obviously, you're starting him. Deontay Johnson, wait and see how healthy he is. I think if he's a go, I would play him. I would play him, uh, assuming you have, like, like great, better options. I'm worried about Juju, though. Yeah. I don't know. He, he's been underwhelming. Um, he had a couple of his early season weeks salvaged by touchdowns, but the yardage and volume is just not there. Claypool looks better than him. We'll see. This is a pretty good matchup, relatively. So he, he has a decent chance to get a touchdown. But I don't feel great about playing Juju. And also, slight concerns about James Conner. This Titans defense is solid against the run with guys like Jadavion Clowney on that line, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry. But assuming Conner gets his usual like 15 to 18, 20 touches, he should have like, a pretty productive day, decent chance to score. But Benny Snell just keeps getting involved. So we'll see what this backfield looks like. I, I, you have to play Connor, though. Anything else you want to touch on on the Steelers' side? Yeah. One, it's a, it's a risky start of the week. But Eric Ebron should be pretty effective in this matchup. The Titans have not been good against tight ends. They're weak across the middle of the field. And especially if they're worried about guys like Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron – has a decent chance to get touchdown. I don't think the yardage total is going to exceed like 70 yards. I think that's probably his ceiling for uh, yardage. But when you're looking for these waiver options at tight end, when you don't have one of the top guys like Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, you want guys that have a decent chance of scoring a touchdown. And this matchup, Ebron has a, probably like a 40 to 50% chance of getting a touchdown. And then that's, that's kind of all you can ask for. So he's a solid option. Um, 
ideally you have better options one of the, one of the top five six guys but if you don't you run somebody you can look to yeah um panthers at saints saints are touchdown um they're they're touchdown favorites seven and a half points 51.5 over under you know we just got emmanuel sanders out michael thomas is going to be out as well so let's start on the Saints side of the ball um Traquan Smith is a, is a good play this week. He's just going to get a lot of targets. Jared Cook is also another, you know, deep league tight end play that you can look to. How do you feel about and, – and then we're not even going to talk about Alvin Kamara because he's a must-start. How do you feel about Drew Brees, though? No way. There's no way I'm playing him, um, especially because this Panthers defense has been good against uh, – just in general, especially also against quarterbacks. This should be a very run-heavy game with guys like Kamara – Guys like Latavius Murray, I expect it to be a pretty heavy Latavius Murray game as well. Obviously, Kamara is involved in the passing game, but I don't think this game hits the over on that 51.5 point total. I think it's going to decrease with this recent news about Thomas and Manuel Sanders. It's probably going to go down to like maybe 48, 49. Um, but it should be a pretty grinded out game uh, in general. So I don't, I don't like playing Breeze personally. Yeah, and we don't know what to expect week to week from the Panthers' offense. Sometimes Teddy brings it, sometimes he doesn't. But this could be a game where the Panthers upset the Saints. Um, Pretty good chance. Let's look at the Panthers' side of the ball. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore uh, both had great weeks last week. I think they were almost both over 100 yards. But I think you can play both of them in this game. Mike Davis is a must-start. Is te- let's. I think the quarterbacks are really the question in this matchup. Um, what do you think about Teddy Bridgewater in this game? Yeah, it's a fun matchup. These guys were teammates last year. Um, Bridgewater was the backup. Bridgewater went 5-0 and on the Saints in the games that Breeze missed, and now he's the quarterback for the Panthers. Um, I, I think Bridgewater is a solid play this week. Uh, we've seen that regardless of whether it's McCaffrey or Davis, both of these running backs are involved in the passing game. A lot of the, the team's yardage as a whole comes through the air. So – Bridgewater has shown that in games where he where, where he's throwing touchdowns and where the touchdowns aren't on the ground to Davis, he's one of the top options. So the only question I really have is is where where are the touchdowns going to come from? Are they going to be on the ground or through the air? Because I, I think there's almost no doubt that the yardage is going to be there. The yardage has to be there mm-hmm. um, in this matchup. The Saints defense has definitely shown weaknesses in recent weeks to the likes of the Chargers and the Lions too. So – Bridgewater, he might even be a top 10 play this week. Really? Uh, solid option for sure. Um, would you play Bridgewater or Stafford against the Falcons? Oh, Stafford a million percent. Stafford's right. probably a top five play this week. Bills at Jets. Um, yeah, Bills are 13-point favorites. It's a 45-point over-under. Doesn't spot the Jets many points. They're, let's start on the Jets' license. It's very quick. I think there's one option. Jameson Crowder might miss the game. Oh. He's he 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 practiced in limited format today, but it, I think he's the one option if he plays. If he's if he's good to go, you can you can play him no problem. If he doesn't play, I think you can play Brashad Perryman. I mean, as a Jets fan, what do you think about that? He looked like he was getting some valuable targets, and I think Darnold's back. Here's what I'll say: is obviously it's tough to trust any Jets because they've just been so miserable. But before the season. Like obviously, obviously the Bills have looked great this year. I'm not, no, I'm not gonna deny that. But my concern was that Josh Allen hadn't fully developed yet. Obviously, now we see that he has. But I was like, this defense isn't quite as good as people give him credit for because last week or last year they were just beating up on a bunch of backup quarterbacks. 
like they had played like seven back quarterbacks last year, I think, and they like won like almost all those games. And against starters, they just weren't that good. And this year, this Bills defense, I, like I'm fully off the wagon. They've been miserable against been so awful. many. And Tre'Davious White and Josh Norman both out this week. Right, but given all that, it doesn't matter because they get their ass and they're not going to do anything. The Bills defense is a great streaming option or just option period <laughs> if you if you want to play them. I don't trust any Jets. I'm not playing anyone. I'm not playing Perriman's bum ass. So, uh, no Jets for me. Okay, on the Bills side, Josh Allen's a must start. Stephon Diggs is a must start. John Brown is out. How do you feel about Cole Beasley in this game? He's had a few decent games that are definitely playable in some fantasy formats, but he's not your first option, but maybe. I think, honestly, you can probably play any of these Bills passing options. I know conventional logic says, well, if they're 13.5-point favorites, play the running backs because the game script's going to favor them. But, however, the Jets, for all their woes, are good against the run. And we've also seen with the Bills – even when they're ahead, they throw the ball. And, and yeah. we, saw, we, saw, we saw in week one when the Bills were just demolishing the Jets, they were still throwing the ball like all game long. So um, I think you can trust, you can trust any, any passing option except for like Dawson Knox. I'm not playing the tight end. Yeah. Uh, but – and obviously Josh Allen locked in top three quarterback this week. Yeah, and then I think I'm kind of off both Singletary and Moss in this game. I don't really want to play either. Total, total trap game, especially trap in DFS, because everyone's going to be like, ooh, matchup with the Jets, great. No, not buying it. Cowboys at Washington football team. I, I think the line actually changed. The, the Washington football team is our one-point favorites, and it's a 46-point over-under. On the Cowboys side, Zeke's in your lineup. Is Amari Cooper the only other guy you feel good about starting? Because Lamb, he did end the game with 70 receiving yards, but it was in garbage time. So is Cooper the only guy you feel comfortable starting on the Cowboys side outside of Zeke? Um, I think you can play Lamb. Lamb's good. He seems, I think, especially when there's so many injuries, um, most teams that have Lamb are probably going to need him as a flex or so. I don't trust him as anything more than that, really, and maybe a better option. But Lamb, Lamb is definitely startable. Cooper in your lineups. Zeke, obviously. But I have some real concerns about this Cowboys team. They look awful. They were so bad against the Cardinals. Um, so I don't, I don't know what to make. Uh, of this matchup, but it seems like this Washington defensive front is going to have a field day against this Cowboys offensive line that's been so dominant and vaunted for years, but now they're looking old or injured. Zach Martin's out. Zach Martin, yeah, like it's just uh, this. This feels like a game that whichever team doesn't turn the ball over four times is going to win. Okay, let's move. Let's move to the Washington side because there's not many options I, I want to talk about on the Cowboys side. Delton Schultz is maybe a deeper league tight end play because Washington has been giving it points to tight ends. But on the Washington side, how about you take that over? Because there are some pieces that you're interested in. Well, frankly, two of them. Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. I think they're, they're both great options this week. This Cowboys defense is probably the worst defense in the NFL. Um, our, our, my, my Jets, thankfully, aren't quite that bad, it seems. But Terry McLaurin might have, like, 15 catches this week. Like, he is the passing offense, and because the matchup is so good, I, don't, I think if the Cowboys triple-team McLaurin, it wouldn't even matter. Like, they're so bad. McLaurin's going to be involved all game long. Um, he's probably a top-five receiver play this week. And if he gets a touchdown, he might just break the slate on DFS, too. 
So yeah. I love McCorn this week. Easy start of the week for me. Um, and then Gibson, he has seen your laps. He's definitely a mid-tier RB2. No J.D. McKissick. McKissick has looked pretty good. He's actually got more snaps than Gibson in these past few weeks. He has, you know, through the last three games, McKissick has 19 catches. So he's been the lead receiving back. And then this is going to be – I don't even know what this game script is going to be like because I don't know what to expect from the Cowboys. But it could be a McKissick game script. Could be. But also Gibson's getting all the red zone work too. Yeah, that's true. All right, Packers at Texans. This is the highest over-under in the week. 57 point over under Packers are 3.5 are favored by 3.5 points. Deshaun Watson is my start of the week. I was going back and forth between Watson and Rogers, but Watson has just looked so good since um, Bill O'Brien left. And I think that he continues it in this game, even though the Packers past defense has been a bright spot. Um, other than Watson, I think D- David Johnson's a great play. He was also in yeah. consideration for my running back start of the week. This is a terrible run defense in the Packers. Um, and then Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, they've just been solid options these past few weeks. I think you can start both of those guys just with a volume play. Jordan Akins is returning, so I don't know if you can go with that Darren Fells trusty option. But other than those four guys, Watson, Johnson, Fuller, and Cooks, is there anybody we're starting on the Texan side? I don't think so. Cobb hasn't shown enough to show that he's worth starting yet. Um, he's had a couple of decent games, but it, it's pretty consolidated between those guys, which as a fantasy owner, you love to see consolidated target shares like that. Yeah, and then on the Packers side, Aaron Rodgers, this is the revenge game from last week. I think he has a great game. Um, a lot of points to go around. Aaron Jones is a game-time decision. If he goes, he could be the RB1 on the week. Yeah. Um, we saw what Derrick Henry did last week. But if he doesn't, we talked about it already. I think A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams – if you want to take the risk, I think they're both decent options with how horrible this Texans run defense is. I kind of have switched my mindset, and I think Dylan is the better option because he will be the lead first and second down back maybe. Right. Um, Devontae Adams is a great play. And then how do you feel about MVS? I, he, uh, he's, he's startable just because the matchup is great. But uh, – it's always just really hard to know where the Packers targets outside of Adams are going to go. But I will say if Robert Tunyon plays in this game, he might be a top five tight end this week. Um, I know he's, he's, he's banged up, but he is a touchdown monster. Rogers loves finding him in the red zone. Uh, Adams is a lot, probably the, the number one receiver play this week overall. Um, but Tanyan has some sneaky upside to get a touchdown. And I'm not sure I'm quite ready to trust MVS, even without Al Nazard. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Seahawks at Cardinals. Oh, so this game's going to get moved to Sunday night, but uh, we put it in here in the slate already. Um, Cardinals or Seahawks are three point favorites, 56 point over under, another high over under. Let's start on the Cardinals size. I think there's some decent options. Kyler Murray's number one quarterback in fantasy right now. I think he's a great play. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is a lock. Kenyon Drake, you're playing after last week. But Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds is the receiving back for this team. And I think in a game where they will have to throw to keep up with this dynamic Seahawks offense, I think he's a, I think he's a solid play. What do you think about Edmonds? It's always scary because you, you this backfield is kind of – it's hard to predict the touches. Um, Drake has looked great, and they've had, they've had some great options. My only concern is the Seahawks, for all their defensive woes, are pretty good against the run. They're miserable against the pass. 
So, well, that's why Edmonds is good because he doesn't run the ball. Right. So it's going to be really interesting to see the snap share, the split between between Drake and Edmonds. And it might be a game where Drake just doesn't do anything and Edmonds does everything. But maybe the run game does get going and Edmonds kind of gets phased out. So there's definitely a, a low floor for both guys. Pretty decent upside for both guys as well. Um, they're, they're, they're viable options, but definitely be aware of the risk. Um, the Seahawks on the Seahawks side, Russell Wilson, I think is the number two quarterback in fantasy. He's had his buy. Kyler Murray has not. So I think that's the only disparity there. Um, Chris Carson's a great start. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's a pretty good start in this game. I don't think there's many question marks on the Seahawks. Like, you know, they have their guys. Rashad Penny, he's been practicing limited. I still think Pete Carroll said he's a little far from returning, but do you think he'll re- receive touches when he comes back? Not enough to be relevant, but maybe enough to slightly downgrade Chris Carson. But from what I've seen, Carson locked in starter. He's involved receiving and rushing, t- involved in the red zone, like everything you want uh, in RB1. Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. It's a 46 point over under. Um, on the Chiefs side, y- you know who it is. Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had three catches for 20 yards last week. Very disappointing game, but you just got to roll with those pungents. That's just the guy who Tyreek Hill is. He has those bust games, but he's been great every other week. Um, at the running back position, Le'Veon Bell now joining the team and Clyde Edwards later there too. How are you approaching this, I guess? Is it a committee? I mean, Andy Reid has done committees in the past. I mean, everyone was quick to say, like, oh, Le'Veon Bell's here. Clyde Ebertelaire, he's ruined. His owners are punching the air right now. And he proceeds to go out for 160 yards against the Bills uh, on the ground. So take that as you will. Um, He still looks great. And until I see Le'Veon Bell do anything, uh, Ebertelaire is a locked-in high-end RB2, low-end RB1. Um, But – we'll see what it looks like. It's not like Bell did anything in New York. I think people, they, they love the name value of Le'Veon Bell, yeah. but he hasn't shown the ability to do anything in about three years. So That's true. Um, we'll see what it looks like. If you have Edward Tolaire, hold on to him. And if you're a ballsy man, maybe even trade for him too. Because I'm, obviously I'm a Jets fan, so I'm a little bit like scarred from Le'Veon Bell. But do we really know how good he is? I don't know. That's a fair assessment. Um, Demarcus Robinson is a sneaky start in this game. He led the team in receptions last week, and I think that he takes over that Sammy Watkins role. I don't think it's McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman has a different skill set, and I don't know if there's a high enough over-under to warrant playing Demarcus Robinson, but he's definitely a guy I would add, and if Sammy Watkins misses a significant amount of time, um, I think you can start him in weeks in the future. On the Broncos' side, there's one guy that I really like this week. It's Noah Fant. He's returning from injury, and Drew Locke's really like Drew Locke really likes him. I think he's my start of the week at tight end. Yeah, this is this is a weird game. I think this might be the only Chiefs game we'll see in the next ten years that's gonna have an over under at forty six. Like this is really low. Vegas really thinks this is gonna be kind of a grinded out game. Um, it's very rare you see an over under that low with a point spread that high, which is nine and a half. They really do not like the Broncos. And that's my only hesitancy with Noah Fant because I love the matchup personally. Um, Chiefs are not great against tight ends, and Noah Fant, if he can if he can find the end zone, looks like a great option. But the question is, 
in a game where they're projected to not score very, very many points, can he find the end zone? We'll see. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, they're going to be forced to throw the ball to, 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 you know, come back. And they're going to have a lot of third downs. And Locke looks to faint on third downs as well. I'm not excited to play Jerry Judy. I'm not excited to play Tim Patrick. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Is Melvin Gordon playing with his DUI? He's in third to play. Okay, um, so... DUI still like pending and stuff. That's that's a legal matter, but that's apparently going to be resolved at a later date. For now, still in the active roster. He's healthy and good to go. All right, Jaguars at Chargers. Chargers are seven point five favorites, forty nine point over under. Um, this is going to be a a very dy- I think dynamic game. You know, a lot of points are going to be scored in this game. I think it'll probably hit the over. Um, let's start on the Chargers side of the ball. What do you think about it? Well. You know me as one of the biggest Justin Herbert doubters coming into this year, but holy moly, he looks fantastic. He's just been torching every defense he's going against. I know they're, the Chargers are 1-4, but if you look at the way they've lost, it was a 23-20 overtime loss to the Chiefs. It was a 21-16 loss to the Panthers. You don't have to remind me. You really don't. <laughs> but, like, but you see the point? Like, they had the overtime loss to the Saints. Like, like this team, they, they've been competitive. Yeah. And uh, as a Chargers fan, you're, you're, you're unhappy that they're one and four, but you got to be excited watching this team play. Yeah. They look, they look fantastic. Um, as a Jets fan, I'm a little envious, but it's okay. <laughs> Why? Uh, Cause we have one win. <laughs> well, because you have something to look forward to. Aaron. <laughs> but, but because of that, Herbert is in my opinion, the start of the week, this Jaguars defense cannot stop anything. Yeah. Um, Will and I, as NFL fans, our teams are a combined one in ten at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and I think my team is going to go zero sixteen. So there you go. <laughs> um, I, I think I think your Chargers are going to get a win this week. So uh, good luck with that. Yeah. But, but I love Herbert this week. I think you can even you're playing Keenan Allen if he plays. You're playing Hunter Henry obviously, and in DFS for a low end option, maybe even Mike Williams too. Yeah, I have Mike Williams one of my lives. Huge upside play. Um, a miserable Jaguars defense. So because of all the options that I like, I was like, well, if I like all these passing options, then I must like Herbert too. Yeah. So um, from what I've seen and just based on this matchup, Herbert looks like a fantastic option this week. My start of the week is Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson is in the same role that DeAndre Swift has with the Lions last week. And he just looks like a more dynamic back than Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly has looked progressively worse in every single game that he's appeared in. Um, it's just, it's a weird thing because they haven't had tough running game matchups for the most part, but I think Jackson, he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the high value carries. I like Justin Jackson in this game for sure. On the Jaguar side, I think Minshew's a fine play. The Chargers have given up the, the third most amount of points to quarterback. So Minshew should be good to go. Um, does DJ Chark see Casey Hayward? And is that an issue for him in this game? It's, it's really hard to know which Jaguars guys to trust. And to be honest, I don't even like playing Minshew in this game. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think there's a lot of risk factors that make me not want to play him. First of all, there's a risk that it's just a very James Robinson-heavy game. Where even That's true. If, even if the, the Jaguars are good, the volume just isn't there. There's also a chance that even if they score like 20 points or so, that James Robinson gets all the touchdowns on the ground. That's possible. And then in the passing game, this Chargers secondary, I know they've been bad against opposing quarterbacks, but they've been going against Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, even Teddy Bridgewater against like that, that really loaded Panthers receiving core. Like they've been going against and Patrick Mahomes, obviously. They've been going against these really good quarterbacks, really good teams. 
I don't put Gardner Minshew in that category yet. Um, he has not looked that good. So I, I'd be really hesitant to play any Jaguars. I think Chark is, is viable as a flex option. Definitely a low floor, decent upside though. And LaVisca Chanel, slightly higher floor, I think, but also definitely lower upside. But it's, it's scary to trust. Yeah, the so the, the only Jaguar we're really, you know, trusting is James Robinson. Right. Yeah. 49ers at Patriots, 44.5 point over under. Patriots are two-point favorites. Um, on the Patriots side, do you want to play anybody? <laughs> I think you can play Cam. Um, because of the rushing floor that he provides on a weekly basis. I know last week against the Broncos, if you're a Patriots fan or a Patriots, a Cam Newton owner, it was very concerning. That was a horrifying game. But there was like all the COVID drama throughout the last few weeks. I think the Patriots just were, they were not locked in. They should be locked in this week. Belichick's going to have them on track. Um, so I, I don't expect that to carry over necessarily. So I, I, I like Cam. Um, I, Damian Harris, if you like no running back options, if like everyone's hurt, he's a, a like probably like a RB three, like a an okay flex maybe. Damian Harris, but otherwise, don't really trust these Patriots offense, especially in a game that should be pretty low scoring. Yeah, on the 49ers side, I think you can play Debo Samuel. He looked great last uh, last week. I think he had six catches and a touchdown. Um, and then Mostert's gonna miss the game. So is Jared McKinnon? He's a pretty good start, huh? Yeah, I think Jared McGinn should be in most lineups unless they have better options. Um, he's shown that when, when the top guys are out, he's involved. Um, rushing game, gets like 10-ish, a little more than 10 carries, should get like five or six receptions too. Um, a very solid floor. Um, some touchdown upside, but definitely not like a massive game, like week-breaking upside. Yeah, and then Kittle – is locked and loaded. Just got a notification. Lafleur confident in AJ Dillon if Jones is out. So you were right about that. AJ Dillon looks like he's the go-to guy. Um, I'm gonna add him real quick before anybody else can. Okay, I got him. Sorry, I had to do that on a show. Last game. Let's get into it. Bears at Rams. This is the Monday night game. Um, Rams are six-point favorites. It's a 45-point, or it's a 45-point over/under. Yeah. So. On the Bears side, Allen Robinson, he's just he's a must-start every week because of the, the target share. David Montgomery, is he he's a borderline play. What do you think? This Bears team, I have zero clue how they're five and one. Uh their defense is playing great, but they're just grinding out every game getting these like twenty to seventeen, twenty-three twenty kind of wins. But they're winning games. So mm-hmm. um give them credit where it's due. Allen Robinson, as much as I like him, is definitely a tough match against Jalen Ramsey. It's not a situation where you have to bench him, obviously, but definitely, definitely a capped upside and a pretty low floor. But it's Allen Robinson, you got to play him. Um, you're not starting any other Bears receivers whatsoever. You're not starting Jimmy Graham, even against this Rams bad linebacking core. Um, so, and, and Montgomery is viable. I think Graham's an okay option if you're really thin at the position. If you had Hooper and he doesn't yeah. play, yeah, I prefer I prefer tight ends when I'm streaming on teams that are gonna score a lot of points. Yeah, um, will. So if Graham gets a touchdown, if he's involved in the red zone, he can be an okay option. But if he doesn't get a touchdown, you're probably looking at more like four catches, forty six yards, and that's probably it. 
on the Rams side, I think you just got to roll with Cup and Woods. I wouldn't touch Jared Goff. Yeah. And then just two injury notes. Daryl Henderson is going to be a game-time decision. So I would roster a Cam Akers, and would you go in the Cam Akers or Malcolm Brown direction or no, no direction at all if Daryl Henderson were to miss this game? Probably no direction. Um, I might just pick up one to see what it looks like. But Sean McVay is doing the 49ers from last year, ride the hot hand approach. If he doesn't ride the hot hand, he just flips a coin. Um, so it's, there's, there's no way to know. If they say beforehand who's going to get the touches and it seems believable, then, then maybe you start that person. But otherwise, they're not going to disclose the information. They're not going to say who's going to get the touches. They're not going to reveal that kind of stuff. And it could be anyone. It could be someone we never even heard of. They're going to pick up tomorrow. So. It's honestly so true. That's what the Rams would do. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show. I hope you win your Week 7 matchups, and we'll see you next week. Bye.